Excuse me. I'm trying to study and write my English essay here. Mr. Radzak assigned a six-page argumentative essay with a qualification thesis. And you know, I am literally the worst at those. Wait, growth mindset. <sighs> Power pose! Whoa there, Miss Tavano, Tavano, whatever you choose today. Calm it down, sister. This is a public place, not a school library. If you want to go focus and get some work done, maybe you should think about a different workspace. After all, your workspace is one of the most important aspects to being a better writer. <laughs> so you see, loud and obnoxious chewing is very inconvenient when a fellow student is trying to write an important essay. Now, a quick break for our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by Rolled Gold. Between the one-of-a-kind flavor and crispy texture of rolled gold pretzels, you might just fall in love with this Golden Blake snack all over again. Stephen King states that the area in which you set up to work on your writing is most important for your creative ideas to flow, allowing you to focus on your writing and make you write more enthusiastically. Setting up your own writing place with no distractions is key. On my end, my house is usually very chaotic and loud. I would find a quiet place like my room, shut the door, and do my thing. While you don't have to write in your bedroom, you must have a writing space in which you have a door that you are willing to shut. Stephen King tells us that this is your way of telling the world and yourself that you mean business when you write. So, would you be able to focus with ASMR in your ear? No. That's why where you write makes all the difference. I'm Maya. I'm Sophia. And we're signing off. Thanks for listening. Unlike these two, I live in a pretty quiet home. It's only just me and my mom. But I always have to make sure that I have all my writing supplies. Because the supplies around you in your writing area are just as important at, as the space that you're surrounded by. Stephen King also says that it's so important to have a goal before you even step into your writing space. And to also make sure that it's quiet and you're able to focus on that goal. Usually I'd like to write my goal down just so I can make sure that I stay on topic. He also says that it's super important that you have no distractions, such as a phone or a TV or a pet even siblings, especially when you're writing on such a hard topic like Mr. Radzak's six-page argumentative essay. I can totally agree that it's super hard to focus on something like that. And there you have it, just a couple facts from the master of horror, Stephen King. You need to set a writing goal and find a quiet space. Make sure you close your door and turn off your phone so that it doesn't distract you. Put the TV remote as far as you can away from you, just so you're not tempted. And then... You can get started on your writing and create all kinds of possibilities from your own mind without the distractions of your area. Anyways, I'm Jonkle, and that's pretty much all I have to say on how important your writing space is. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Understanding of Salvation and knowing who God saves, and if you can be saved, if not. So I'm gonna start with analyzing the significance of this claim right here. Pay close attention. Outside the church, there's no salvation. What do you think about that? Today, 
we'll be interviewing a special guest, a Gorman graduate, Max de Cesare. But first, I'm going to start with offering you some of my understandings. So salvation in Christianity, you might have heard of the term as redemption, but it's the savings, saving of human beings from sin and the state of being protected from harm. Generally, it refers to the deliverance of the soul from sin and the consequences following. But then appears the question of who saves and who does he save? We are able to have salvation because of Christ's death and resurrection on the cross. God saves. Remember that, God saves. But not only Catholics can be saved, he saves everyone in each religion, even though they might believe different truths about him. For instance, Christians believe in Jesus as part of God, being his son. Jews believe in Jesus as just a prophet and are awaiting their Messiah. Muslims believe God is the creator of all things, yet has no gender, no offspring, no body, and more. All of these are considered truths in each religion, even though it might not be true to the Catholic religion. It's possible to have different beliefs and different truths because each religion is different. No matter who or what religion you are or believe in, God saves. Now let's ask Max some questions about this topic. Let's introduce the church. Who do you think the church is? Who is the church? And what is the church meant by saying? Well, I'd just like to start off by saying thanks for having me on the show. You know, it's great to be here to talk about all these different, all these different concepts. You know, I think it's very important. And about your question, uh, so a lot of people think the church is just a physical building, but it's way more than that. The church is a community of God's people. The church is Christ's brides also. It's referred to as the bride of Christ throughout the Bible. Yeah, I see that too. But with him being the bride, how are we supposed to carry that out? Don't we carry that out in ourselves as well? Mm-hmm. They carry a loving relationship, which we also should carry with the church, much like marriage. So that's why it's called the bride of Christ. And they set an example while the church embeds and sets an example of prayer, worship, and love of God and his people. So here's another question. Back to what we were saying before. What about those who truly haven't heard of Christ before his death? Are they saved? Do you know? What do you think? Uh, Yes. In the Catholic religion, people who don't know or haven't heard of Christ's word are still saved. Uh, they're made, humans are made in his image and likeness, and we are the physical replicants of him living on this earth to carry on and spread the message of truth. Well, thank you. I'd like, I'd like to hear your opinion and beliefs about things. It was really helpful and hope you guys got a deeper understanding. But next, I'm going to talk about Lumen Gentium. Have you ever heard of that before? 
Well, if not, let me tell you. Lumen Gentium is a document from the Second Vatican Council that was written in part to reveal, reveal the common ground. That common ground is unity upon members of the church and people of other beliefs and what they stand. Lumen Gentium says, those who have not yet received the gospel are related to the people of God. He says this because we are gifts of him. We came from him in the flesh and he does not take back his gifts. People are the most dear to God. Not only that, those who do not know the gospel can still attain salvation. Those that are moved by God and his grace aim to do good doings through his will. They strive this way because in their own conscience they know the goodness of God. And in the end, the church, back to the church and his being Christ's bride, it fosters the mission of preaching the gospel. But every man is loved by God. And again comes the question, in Lumen Gentium, is salvation possible for non-Christians? Yes, of course. As we are all made in his image and likeness, we all are God's people. But how so, one may ask. One way people, even though people have not, may have not received the gospel and have not believed truly, everyone is related through God's giving of the Old Testament and various promises to them and through the people to whom Christ was born to on this earth. They're related because Christians and God did not take back his old words and gifts. One example from this passage that shows that people who have not yet received the gospel are called to him is following. He who gives to all men life and breathe all things and our savior wills that all men be saved. Lastly, I'm going to end it out with who saves these non-Christians? Obviously God. God saves everyone. He loves everyone in his image and likeness. To close out, I'm going to bring out a personal account. Personally, I'm Jewish, and I, through this lesson and through this understanding of a deeper meaning of Lumen Gentium in the church, I feel like I've gotten a greater and deeper understanding. And to be honest, being one of the only Jews at a Catholic school, it's tough to wrap my head around all these teachers pressuring their religion onto me. But with this specific class, I feel welcomed. And I no longer have these tensions risen against theology. I know God is always there for me, and I know he loves me as I love him. Lastly, let's say thank you to Max again and for his understanding. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. It was a pleasure to be here. And God saves. Thank you. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the understanding of salvation and knowing who God saves and if you can be saved, if not. So I'm going to start with analyzing the significance of this claim right here. Pay close attention. Outside the church, there is no salvation. What do you think about that? Today, we'll be interviewing a special guest. 
a gourmand graduate, Max de Cesare. But first, I'm going to start with offering you some of my understandings. So salvation in Christianity, you might have heard of the term as redemption, but it's the savings, saving of human beings from sin and the state of being protected from harm. Generally, it refers to the deliverance of the soul from sin and the consequences following. But then appears the question of who saves and who does he save? We are able to have salvation because of Christ's death and resurrection on the cross. God saves. Remember that. God saves. But not only Catholics can be saved, he saves everyone in each religion, even though they might believe different truths about him. For instance, Christians believe in Jesus as part of God, being his son. Jews believe in Jesus as just a prophet and are awaiting their Messiah. Muslims believe God is the creator of all things, yet has no gender, no offspring, no body, and more. All of these are considered truths in each religion, even though it might not be true to the Catholic religion. It's possible to have different beliefs and different truths because each religion is different. No matter who or what religion you are or believe in, God saves. Now let's ask Max some questions about this topic. Let's introduce the church. Who do you think the church is? Who is the church? And what is the church meant by saying? Well, I'd just like to start off by saying thanks for having me on the show. You know, it's great to be here to talk about all these different, all these different concepts. You know, I think it's very important. And about your question, uh, so a lot of people think the church is just a physical building, but it's way more than that. The church is a community of God's people. The church is Christ's brides also. It's referred to as the bride of Christ throughout the Bible. Yeah, I see that too. But with him being the bride, how are we supposed to carry that out? Don't we carry that out in ourselves as well? Mm-hmm. They carry a loving relationship, which we also should carry with the church, much like marriage. So that's why it's called the bride of Christ. And they set an example while the church embeds and sets an example of prayer, worship, and love of God and his people. So here's another question. <clears throat> Back to what we were saying before. What about those who truly haven't heard of Christ before his death? Are they saved? Do you know? What do you think? Uh, yes. In the Catholic religion, people who don't know or haven't heard of Christ's word are still saved. Uh, they're made, humans are made in his image and likeness, and we are the physical replicants of him living on this earth to carry on and spread the message of truth. Well, thank you. I'd like, I'd like to hear your opinion and beliefs about things. It was really helpful and hope you guys got a deeper understanding. But next, I'm going to talk about Lumen Gentium. Have you ever heard of that before? Well, if not, let me tell you. 
Lumen Gentium is a document from the Second Vatican Council that was written in part to reveal the common ground. That common ground is unity upon members of the church and people of other beliefs and what they stand. Lumen Gentium says, those who have not yet received the gospel are related to the people of God. He says this because we are gifts of him. We came from him in the flesh and he does not take back his gifts. People are the most dear to God. Not only that, those who do not know the gospel can still attain salvation. Those that are moved by God and his grace aim to do good doings through his will. They strive this way because in their own conscience they know the goodness of God. And in the end, the church, back to the church and his being Christ's bride, it fosters the mission of preaching the gospel. But every man is loved by God. And again comes the question, in Lumen Gentium, is salvation possible for non-Christians? Yes, of course. As we are all made in his image and likeness, we all are God's people. But how so, one may ask. One way people, even though people have not, may have not received the gospel and have not believed truly, everyone is related through God's giving of the Old Testament and various promises to them and through the people to whom Christ was born to on this earth. They're related because Christians and God did not take back his old words and gifts. One example from this passage that shows that people who have not yet received the gospel are called to him is following. He who gives to all men life and breathe all things and our Savior wills that all men be saved. Lastly, I'm going to end it out with who saves these non-Christians? Obviously God. God saves everyone. He loves everyone in his image and likeness. To close out, I'm going to bring out a personal account. Personally, I'm Jewish and I through this lesson and through this understanding of a deeper meaning of Lumen Gentium in the church, I feel like I've gotten a greater and deeper understanding. And to be honest, being one of the only Jews at a Catholic school, it's tough to wrap my head around all these teachers pressuring their religion onto me. But with this specific class, I feel welcomed. And I no longer have these tensions risen against theology. I know God is always there for me. And I know he loves me as I love him. Lastly, let's say thank you to Max again and for his understanding. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. It was a pleasure to be here. And God saves.